0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. Praise the Lord. I pray you're praising the Lord because I don't care what anything looks like around this world. Our God is in control and He is awesome, and we are in His protective care. And it's so wonderful to know the Lord, isn't it? That we can have confidence. In his love for us. Well, as usual, before I get started, I'm going to honor the Lord by praying first, and then I'll share what the Lord shared with me this morning. Heavenly Father, I come to you with a humble and loving heart as I reach out to you in this prayer. Thank you for this new opportunity, Lord, to speak about the things pertaining to the Lord. And I just ask Jesus that you would be with me in your spirit and by your spirit. And that Lord, that you would just basically speak through me because Lord, I lean into you and I ask you, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight O oh lord my god my strength and my redeemer in jesus name well i'm just gonna begin it was around later yesterday afternoon i was sitting there and all of a sudden i started to feel strangely vexed I never use that word to describe myself. I actually never use that word at all it's It's an old English word I read the, my King James Bible, and it just means that there's something in that inside that's just it's it's grabbing at you it's it's affecting you and and you it's just it has a hold somehow. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, so I'll just keep going. I thought. In myself what is wrong with me well as usual being an old veteran the first thing I do is say hold on a minute I'm not just going to suck into anything I mean there's all kinds of reasons why we feel things and it's not always spiritual so I always do the litmus test and I stop and I think is this me is this the Lord or is this the enemy trying to tempt me well It started to get stronger and stronger. And I just felt this feeling of wanting to just get away from it all. So I went to bed. And I said, I don't know what's wrong with me, Lord. And I don't know why I'm feeling this vexation in my spirit. Because nothing externally is wrong. And everything is fine. But, and I don't think it's the enemy, but if it is, and as I said, but if it is, I felt strongly, no, it's not him. So I fell asleep and I tossed and I turned all night long. And I was having dreams and all these crazy dreams until I said, I can't take it anymore. So I got out of bed and I went out into the living room and I just, just got before him and I was like, Lord, I don't know what this is. I don't know why I'm feeling this. I don't know what really... (laughs) even how to pray about it, but it really affected me to the point where I just, I prayed. I trusted in the Lord in my prayers. I reached out to him. I spoke to him about things recently that have been on my heart and in my mind and I cleaved to the Lord. And then the time came where I opened my Bible to do my devotions. And I started to read and it just, I felt that surge come again, that vex, that vexation. And I said, Jesus, I need you to minister to me. I said, I need you to minister to me. I need you. I am hungry. I'm thirsty. I don't know what is, what it is. I said, but I ask that you speak to me today, Lord, speak to me today. Because I'm listening. Well, after reading certain portions of my Bible, I was reading in the book of the book of Galatians. And I normally do two chapters in the New Testament in the epistles a day. And so I was almost not going to read Galatians 6. And I thought, no, I'm going to read it. I just want to read it. And when I got to Galatians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18, it said, from henceforth, let no man trouble me. For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And I almost closed my Bible. But something instead made me want to linger over that verse. And as I lingered over that verse, it started to enlarge itself within me. And I said, I want some more, Lord. I don't know if you're going to be speaking to me in this but maybe you are. And so I opened, I could not opened. I went on to one of my favorite uh, sources and I read uh, probably the best one out of the scholars, Ellicott. And these are the words Ellicott said. He points to the scars of wounds which he had received in his master's service. The branding irons of Christ, he says, have imprinted these upon me so he's speaking as if he's paul and then he says they show that i like the slaves of a heathen temple am devoted and consecrated to his service they are my credentials and i shall produce no others my assailants must leave me in peace these marks inflicted with branding irons such as those which show that a slave is attached to a particular temple or to the service of some particular deity. Branding was applied in some other cases, but especially to certain classes of temple slaves and sometimes soldiers. Those with which the Galatians were most familiar would be engaged in the worship of Cybele, which was their principal god. And incidentally, these were branded upon their foreheads. And the idea which took so strong a hold upon his mind, that in a moment of extreme spiritual tension, the actual marks of the passion seemed to imprint themselves upon his body. He here has reference to the first class and would represent himself as the slave of Jesus Christ, designated as his by the scars and weaknesses, which were the consequence of his apostolic zeal, imprisonments, beating by the rod, Shipwrecks, fasting, weariness, perils, persecutions, all these he sums up in another place as being the tokens by which he was approved as an apostle of Jesus Christ. All through Galatians, he thunders and lightnings against the disputers of this apostolic authority. And at the close of this letter, he last at last he softens, as it were. He bears his thin arm and his scarred bosom and bids these hardened Galatians to look upon them and learn that he has a right to speak as the representative and messenger of the Lord Jesus. So the very spirit of this letter letter is gathered up in one of its verses. It says, Earlier on, I have been called unto liberty and in his great exhortation, he says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And so. The. The whole letter is about Jews and Judaizers and, you know, you can read it yourself. It's an excellent read, but he's talking about how the law. We're not under the law anymore. That's a whole other topic, but there was a lot. There was so much contention. And what I was understanding about the Galatians in the reading of these scholars is that they went in depth about the kind of people the Galatians were. They were haughty. They were scorners. They were hard cut persecutors. So when we're reading ink and paper, we're not really seeing what these scholars in their studies that I read today are showing us. And I started to think, as I was reading this, I began to feel the moving of the Holy Spirit. And that vexation that I was having, I felt like there was something moving inside of me that was opening my heart on its own. And when I was praying, Lord, speak to me what is it he began to speak into my heart and i'm going to share with you how i heard it as paul's wounds and scars those visible wounds and scars were his marks upon his body and those marks in other words were really not his marks but they were the branding iron marks of the ownership of Jesus Christ, the branding irons of Jesus Christ. And all those things that he went through, and I would say even internally, where he was left alone, no man stood at his right side, no man would know him, and he walked in loneliness. And he even said, the more I love, the less I am loved. But he kept going, no matter how much he was afflicted, hated, tormented, and all those awful things that we read, they did to his body, even stoning him to death, which is why I believe that Second Corinthians chapter 12 was him leaving his body and going to heaven. Now, how did that speak to me? The Lord spoke to me about this and to those of you who have suffered. And yes, I've been speaking a lot about suffering, but because I'm being obedient to the Lord and I'm not going to try and come up with things that I think. But if he feels that this is important and he wants to tell me, I believe with all my heart, he told me so that I would pour out these words into you and that you would know. What he told me is just as much for you as for me. The Lord began to say in my heart, all those scars inside of you, all those wounds and scars are my marks of service to me. And in the same way, he began to show me that all the things, the longer you live, the more scars you will have, the more wounds you've taken, the more beatings, the more imprisonments, the more stonings, the more stripes, the more spending a night and day in the deep, being whipped, and these are all figurative because those actual things don't happen anymore except for in some third world nations. But in this life, The longer you live, you're gonna be wounded. You're gonna take some heavy stoning. You're going to be left alone. The members of your own household become your worst enemies. And this whole life of living as a Christian, if you truly are serving the Lord, you're going to take some heavy wounds and scars. And as the Lord began to speak to me about all these scars that I have, that he spoke to me and said, those are the scars of Jesus Christ. When it said in those words that... Let me find exactly. It says the idea which took so strong hold upon his mind that in a moment of extreme spiritual tension—and this is how the scholars were speaking—that when he was closing his letter, he was—he started—he started with those words. He started with those words. From henceforth, let no man trouble me. So he's putting it out there like, there's nothing you're going to say to me, and all the persecution I'm taking. From you is not going to trouble me so let no man trouble me he he's he was so with saying that he said for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ and those marks as that as the scholar Ellicott put it he said it's like he's bearing his thin arms and revealing his breast and the scars of his body were the brand from the branding irons of Jesus Christ. Those are the marks of Jesus Christ. And it so deeply spoke to me because, well, you've heard me say it often. I have so many scars that those scars, and this may speak to you, I'm not even sure you're aware of what scars do to you, but I was thinking about the more scars you have, the more it causes, there's an effect. And so these scars, even in my later years in life, they have an effect on me because the scars bear memories. And we've been given memory and God's not gonna erase our memories. He'll erase the sting from them, but he will not erase the memory. And some of them I wished he had, but now these scars I'm seeing today that Jesus showed me today, those are the marks of your service to me. Those are the marks of my branding irons. That is the owner's brand. And those marks in you and those scars in you, they're not just scars where people did you in. and slandered your name and you're you were cheated on lied about kicked around rejected lonely those scars are the owner's mark of christ you know i get emails from a lot of women sometimes men in marriages where women will spend 30 plus years praying for husbands that never change. I know I've spoken to different men who've written to me, who've said, I've been married forever to this person, Joni, and they're beautiful brothers, and they're very careful with their words, but they just reach out as a brother. And a so-called spiritual colleague and a fellow laborer in the fields of Jesus Christ. And they lament of great losses. And there's losses upon losses. And you're getting scarred day after day, week after week, year after year, depending on the life you're living. So many marriages, the home becomes a war theater. And a place of blood, and tears, and sweat, and grief, and sadness, but let me tell you this much, what the Lord was showing to me, all of those are scars, but Jesus, and I'm not going to keep repeating this, is, and I'm going to move on from saying this, those are the owner's mark, that's your marks that you have, that show the world that no matter what, no matter what it looked like, no matter what happened to you, no matter who cheated on you, no matter who left you, no matter who lied about you, no matter what, you still kept getting up and you kept going and still say, I'm following on to know the Lord. I thought of something Amy Carmichael said, she said it's one of my favorite verses she said can we follow the savior far who hath not wound or scar in other words i say to you do you have wound or scar then you're following the one who hath wound and scar see your scars are and will forever be the memorial of your fight And it's the good fight of faith. And there are so many. And I'm telling you, I feel the weariness. I know I get up here. I give a good word. But when there's moments in my life, oh, I have my down times. Times where I'm feeling low. And I'm going about with a heaviness. But I have to do what David did in the cave of Adullam. he comforted himself. And like what did, Nehemiah did, where he said uh, he was given a letter, a threatening letter from Tobias and Sanballat and uh, Geshem the Arabian. And before he even spoke, replied in that letter, he said, But first I consulted with myself. Yes, these long, hard battles. Are never fought alone not even once there's some of you right now you have been warring for your children you have been fighting for them and there's no sign of them changing it's okay put your direct direct your eyes above because Jesus like I said last time he never loses a fight and you know I think to myself What do I want to look like when I get to heaven? Like Jesus said to John the Baptist, what went, what went you out for to go see? A man clothed in soft raiment. He said, behold, those who wear soft raiment live in king's palaces. He said, what went you for out to see a reed shaken by the wind? No. See, the Lord is moving in your life. He's receiving your prayers. Prayers are eternal. Let me read. Let me say that again. Your prayers are eternal. When you say, Jesus, I come to you in prayer and I offer up this prayer unto you. We know that God hears prayer. He'll hear anybody's prayer. I like that. Charles Stanley said that he just said, I like some of those passing words I hear from my favorite authors and people I love. He said, God will hear anybody. And so when we state, when we look in the word of God, like today, just those few words, henceforth, let no man trouble me for I bear in my body. In other words, you can't trouble me. The marks that I bear mean that I am owned. That's his ownership of me. And the enemy sees those scars. See, the enemy tried to scar you, he tried to beat you down. He tried to wound you. He tried to destroy you. He have has done all these things to you, but you're gaining strength and you're getting stronger and stronger. And don't let how you feel be the truth because our feelings as humans, um, we're human, but Jesus told us the truth. And we know that jesus is going to answer our prayers i know he will i know and some people would say yeah well joe you can't prove that yes i can by the word do i know how no i don't know how he's going to do it. It's none of my business how he's going to do it but he said he would because it says that ask seek and knock notice the order of that it's not it's not seek knock and then ask it's like you're you're asking before you even set out to start seeking and then physically knocking and the order of that means that's the first order and he says he that asks receives and he's going to receive the things that he asked for and you don't think that god wants to save your husband you don't think he wants to stop the nightmare that's in your house you don't think he wants to save all of your children to the uttermost, oh, we terribly underestimate the Lord. And this is not to shame you, this is to build you up. And you know what I've been thinking a lot lately, so I'm just gonna just talk. I've been thinking a lot lately about when I really come alive. You know when I really come alive? When I have one-on-one conversations with people where I just let it come out and it gets real and real things come out and feelings come out and right then and there does Jesus in his spirit by the Holy Spirit does he engage that conversation you think Cleopas and his friends were the only ones when they left Jerusalem after three days that Jesus was gone they didn't know that he was risen from the dead they were on their road to Emmaus and as they walked and they began to talk about the things that had recently happened They were talking about Jesus and it said Jesus drew near to them, but he didn't make himself known to them. And Jesus spent the whole day. That was 15 miles that they walked. It was 15. If I got get it right, you can correct me. Please do. But all I know it was a long walk. It took a whole day until sundown. And it said while they got to the place they were going to be, Jesus was going to pass by, but they compelled him to abide with them, and Jesus exp- opened up their understanding, and their hearts burned within them and then they their eyes were opened after they ate the bread, and he vanished from their sight, but he walked with them, but see the whole day into the night, you see Jesus will walk with you through the entire day of your life. Until the evening comes, and you are taken home to be with the Lord. You see that tells me right there, Cleopas and his friend, when they're talking about the Lord, you don't think that even now that I'm talking to you, that the presence of the Lord is in this place and in with you, see, he draws near to those who are praying to those who are talking. A book of remembrance is written for those that speak about him with each other. And even those that think about him. Jesus is going to be from the moment you were born again until the evening of your departure from this world. From henceforth, let no man trouble you. You bear in your body the marks of the Lord. Jesus and those marks Satan sees that those marks remind the enemy each one of them in there that you're not curled up in some fetal position in the corner cowardly defensively and weakly in a weakened mode no way the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which is the rising sun that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. That perfect day is eternity. See what I'm talking about that whole day? Cleopas and his friends left that morning. They walked with Christ the whole day. Jesus opened to the word of the book of, the, of Moses and of the Psalms. He says, "He us says, oh, uh, fools and slow of heart to believe. He says, the book of Moses and the Psalms talked about me. And you know what? When your eyes are opened, see, it's all about seeing. But when Jesus has opened your eyes and you see him in the power of the Holy Spirit, there's, you're unstoppable. And all that pain that you're feeling over your children and the exasperation and the frustration and the weakness, Offer it up to Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, I offer up to you. All of my weakness and all of my tears. Lord, I'm fainting by the way. Offer up your fainting. But I'll tell you this much right now. That when you turn to the Lord, even in thought, in the middle of the night. When you wake up and you open up your eyes and you're looking for him. He's already there. Jesus told you the truth. He said, Even the captives of the mighty will he deliver. He said, And he talked about, he said, And I will save thy children. Do you know, if you read your Bible, you'll notice everything has to do with you and your children. It doesn't stop with you. But see, there is a fight. But I tell you what, right now, it is worth the fight. And I'll just say this about myself. I grew up, I was born in a war field. And I had to fight my whole life. A lot of it was mostly in the flesh. But I began to understand the use of the sword. And even the use of the bow in the book of Jasher. I had to learn how to use it in the field. That's why I call this field notes. There's a ton of stuff out there called field notes. But one day long ago, I said to myself, everything I've learned are notes I've taken in the field. And see, this is the greatest joy for me, not just to give Bible studies, but to tell you how to do it and how to stand and to reveal to you the outcome that when you are, you just keep going, no matter what. I'm not talking about building up a froth and doing something different. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine named Judith and She was telling me about how she had been feeling just kind of sleepy and this kind of, you know, that kind of thing. And I said, Judith, I said, I've been feeling sleepy myself. I said, I started to notice that I was tired more, um, harder to read my Bible, laboring through prayer. And I went through that for about a week until something in me said no more. And so I made my, I know this sounds funny, but your physical body has a lot to do with your spirit man and your soul, and they have to all work together conjointly. And so I sat up straight and I made my eyes open up. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to read this word and I'm not going to fall asleep. And you know what? From that moment on, I had victory. There was something I physically engaged. Because you see, the enemy takes advantage of our tears, of our emotions, of our physical weaknesses. But praise the Lord. I praise the Lord that whatever Paul saw in heaven, he did. He said, look, I can't tell you the whole thing. He said, but one thing I will tell you this much. He said, God told me no matter what the enemy tries to pull on me, that his all sufficient grace, it's enough for me. And whatever that grace, that supply of grace is, notice, Jesus didn't say, my grace is sufficient for you. He didn't say, my law is sufficient for you. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. That all-sufficiency of grace, the unmerited flow of strength and comfort and fortitude and joy, that flows together with grace, and he makes you strong in the fight. Let me share something with you. Um, one of my verses that I have seen in Ecclesiastes, I don't have it before me, but I have it in my mind. It says, it is better to go into the house of mourning rather than to the day of feasting. And the day of one's death is it better than the day of one's birth. But I thought about what he said, and this was years ago that I saw that, and I knew what he he meant, and I think a lot of people would read that and go, yeah, I don't want to go to the house of mourning. I'd rather, you know, maybe not exactly to the house of feasting where there's revelry, but that's not what Solomon really meant, but what I took from it from my own life was this. See, the world has a way of sucking you into it. It starts to impose, no, it will always impose itself on you. It will, the spirit of this world is at work to always overwhelm you. But see, the spirit of the living God is within. And that ever living perpetual kingdom of Jesus Christ that cometh without observation. And I said to myself, some of you, this may not be for all of you but I'm going to put it this way to some of you. You'll understand after so many decades, I said, you know what, Jesus, I never feel closer to you, more vibrant, sharper, articulate, and quickened in all of my senses by your spirit than when I'm fighting. Now, let me say this. Do I love to fight? If I have to fight, I'm going to fight. Are there fights that I've been fighting still all my life? Yes. Am I getting stronger? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it outward? No. Is it inward? Yes. It's where Christ sitteth. Enthroned upon my heart, the King of glory, who never loses a battle. And so I thought, well, I'd rather be afflicted. And that kind of mourning, I take it as, though no, I want to feel what I'm praying. You know, I've been through that great pain with children. I've been through great pain through spouse issues, not with Jonathan, but in my past. I understand that grief, but you know what? I look at all that and I say, thank you, Jesus, for the branding irons of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your owner's brand upon me that now the wicked one sees every scar and every wound and I'm just like if i mean if i could rip open and show my soul to the enemy he would see that i am one scarred up person but because it's been a good fight of faith and those scars are the memorial of my fight and i will have what i asked for you know why because i believe the lord and it is accounted unto me as righteousness, as much as it was to Abraham. And so with you, and are we not the friends of Jesus Christ? Not a friend, but like Abraham, the friend of Jesus Christ. Are you the friend of Jesus Christ? Cheer up, put your shoulders back, put your chin up, make, I pray God make you to stand upright in this land and to go forward and to put all on Jesus Christ. He will save your children. He will. I always repeat this story, but I love the story of of Mueller, George Mueller. He was in his 90s and it was his last interview. And the interviewer said, Well, the Lord has answered all of your prayers. Is there any that He has not answered? He goes, Well, there is one, but I know He will. And he goes, What is it? And he said, I've been praying for the son of one of my my best friends that he would be saved. And he said, but you're in your 90s now. You don't have a lot of time and he's not saved yet. How do you know? He said, because I asked him. You see, he had a history of knowing he would. And at Mueller's funeral, that man with his son were there. And the minister that was that was ministering at that memorial caused such a great cleaving of the heart of that young man. And the conviction so powerful that that young man went forward and he turned his life over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He's going to save your children. Now, there are people that would say, but you can't be sure of that. There's a lot of, you know, situations. And I thought, what do I care about that? I know that sounds harsh. It's not for me to care about that. Everything is on Christ. I give it all up to Christ. And I push those things away and say, you know, it's like Elisha, when he was following Elijah around in every town they went to the priests of that town would say, you know, God's going to take away your master today. And he's like, hold your peace. And he followed Elijah around until Elijah, who knew he wanted something. And Elisha made it known. He said, I want a double portion. He goes, that's not up to me to give you. He said, but if you see me go, then the Lord will give it to you. And we saw then in that chapter, that chariot of fire coming down out of heaven and catching out of this earth, Elijah. And while he was going up, he dropped his mantle and Elisha caught it. Now, we never read that he wore it, but he caught it. And so I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will turn your eyes to heaven and away from this earth, and the condition of your home, and the condition of your marriage, and your the stubbornness of your family members. What is that anyway? That belongs to the Lord. Be at peace and rest in his love. He is the Savior of the world. He has come to save. He is saving still today, and he ever lives to save to the uttermost, them that come into God by him amen the branding irons of jesus christ the owner's brand if you have scars you're bearing some mighty powerful marks that tell the world and that tell the devil in his kingdom he has no power over you at all Can we follow the Savior far who have no wound or scar? I don't want to follow a woundless Savior. But one who will say to one, Zechariah 13, verse 6, for one will say unto him, what are these wounds in thy hand? And he will answer, saying, Those." with which I was wounded in the house of my friends see Jesus will bear forever he'll be the only one forevermore in all eternity that will bear the wounds and scars of his fight for you and for your children for your wives for your husbands and for all those you pray for Praise the Lord. God bless you.